Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Hello and welcome one and all. Today I have Laura McEwen Groves on the show and we'll be continuing the conversation around oil tanks that Laura Peterson and I started uh, last episode. She was born and raised in North Vancouver. Her father was an engineer and her mother was a nurse. She married young to Ian Groves and she now has three grown children and three grandsons. She loves to travel and sadly doesn't get the chance because the business keeps her very, very busy. And um, her background was predominantly in the jewelry industry, um, but clearly she married into the excavation business. Uh, she's the operations manager for Ta Tank Tech Environmental, a company that uh, her husband and she started many years ago out of Vancouver. Um, the first tank they removed was in 1986. And um, by word of mouth, tank removals started slowly, but became their specialty. And now they solely focus on tank removal. With 36 years of experience, uh, she and they have a vast knowledge of the tank removal and soil remediation industry and regularly acts as consultants for many clients. Basically, they're a full service environmental contracting company specializing in scanning, locating, tank removal and soil remediation services. So welcome to the show, Laura. I'm really excited that you're here today to continue this conversation on oil tank removal. I'm I, yeah, no, like, awesome that you're here. I was going to, what my top question was, how did you and your family come to do this work? But in your bio, we've just answered that. So, <laughs> um, and for those listening, uh, if you had listened to the previous episode, we may cover uh, a couple things in duplicate, but in case this is a standalone episode that you're listening to, I did want to uh, review. Um, so Laura, give us a little history of oil tanks. When were they first started to be used and like, Share, share what you know about the history of oil tanks here in the Lower Mainland. I think the oldest house that we've removed a tank from, if to my recollection, was 1902. Um, and as we got moved along, I think it became more and more popular. Uh, from our from our guesstimate, I, we figured that... Um, back in the early 1900s it was really up to the depending on the budget of uh the house building uh whether they put installed a tank or not um and also how large the tank was um we find that in the west side of vancouver where the houses tend to be larger the tanks are larger and as you move across vancouver to the east side they become smaller uh, Burnaby, you know, the mid-range um, and the North Shore, kind of the same thing. You get some big ones in West Vancouver where the houses tend to be larger um, if they've got a bigger house to heat. So um, and they, they stopped installing them in the 1960s. Right. And um, you may not know the answer to this question, um, but it just occurred to me to ask I know that there are some that are above ground and some that are below ground. Was there any methodology around why they would put one in the ground and one above ground? Was it just the geography of the property or was it, hey, we did this to begin with and now we've changed gears and the, the I, method of the day. Again, it, 
Yeah, th I think that it, it depends on when the houses were built, um, first of all, because they didn't always manufacture above ground tanks. Mm. Um, they started out with below ground tanks. And then I think uh, maybe in the 50s or so, they, they started um, coming up with, you know, they, they manufactured above ground tanks. And but quite often, if you have a, an older, older home, um, and you have an above ground tank, there's a good chance that you also have a or had a below ground tank. So what in our experience, what we found is that an, a, a below ground tank that has leaked, um, they would have called the, you know, their oil company and said, we need we've run out of oil. Um, we have no heat, but we're we're not scheduled for another week or two. And the oil company would say, oh, you know, then it looks like your tank is failing. Um, so they would do one of two things. They would either come and install a new underground tank besides the original underground tank, or they would say there's an above ground tank available now if you would like prefer that. And then they would install that usually, um, you know, right up against uh, the house in a, you know, inconspicuous area. Um, so I mean, that, that, you know, so they, they ended up with double the trouble then, because now they've got two tanks that are, you know, potentially an issue. Yeah. Usually above ground tanks tend to not be so much of an issue because they don't, they're not surrounded by, um, you know, soil and water. Yeah. Um, you know, they're freestanding obviously. So you don't run into problems with them, um, nearly as often, uh, usually it's visible if there's problems with it and people will replace them as needed. Um, so, right. so what, what, what are the telltale signs of having a below ground tank? Like how, how would a, a homeowner, a, a lay person know, like, is there, uh, you know, what I'm thinking is like, you know, you would see like a pipe coming out of the ground or. Yeah. So is it yeah, we, we get calls from people saying, you know, I've found a, a, a pipe protruding from my grass or a concrete area that might have a cap on it or not. Um, sometimes they were cut off below ground and they might be um, found, you know, say, you know, during mowing the lawn or doing some landscaping. Um, quite often they'll have a vent line that goes up the side of their house that's also would be attached to the tank. Um, that's a telltale sign that they have or had a tank. Um, the sometimes you might find a depression in your yard yeah. uh, where the tank may have, you know, just started failing um, and you know losing its structure and and the whole uh, area will dip down. Um, as that you know, th those are fairly good indications. Plus, you know, the the age of your house, of course. Um, you know, if you're between, you know, the early 1900s and up to 1965, um, you know, you've you've got a good chance that you could have or had a tank right. uh, on the property. So, a, a part of what you you your company does is um, scanning. So, what's What's involved with that just to let people know what the process is? Uh, yeah, so people will phone and uh, ask us if we can come out and scan their property. They weren't, they're not sure if they have a tank or they might be uh, buying a house um, and they want to find out if there's a tank there or not before they purchase it. Um, so we'll come out and we will scan using a ferromagnetic locator, um, which is our preference. Um, and we we it 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 works in 
in most of the areas we can get around trees, we can um, scan through concrete. Uh, it, it's it's the best device um, as far as we're concerned. Um, the we run into problems sometimes when it comes to concrete. Well, not necessarily problems, but so we can read through concrete, but concrete tends to have rebar in it. So yeah. if it's really old concrete, so a lot of the houses, of course, that we're scanning are are older and they might not have any rebar in it whatsoever. You, you'll find that a lot and you'll yeah. notice that your concrete's kind of cracked and, and whatnot. So, you know, we get clear readings from through something like that. But if it has a lot of rebar in it, we're not going to be able to de defend, de we're not going to be able to define whether we are just picking up rebar or whether there's also a tank underneath that concrete. Um, but we always recommend people start with the ferromagnetic locating because it's much less expensive. Uh, you know, it runs between $100 to $200, depending on um, the where you live at, like, you know, the jurisdiction that you're in and the age of the house. Um, and then if we recommend uh, a, a GPR, uh, which is called ground, stands for ground penetrating radar, um, we would refer them to uh, a, that company or a company that does that. Um, but quite often people want to start with that. Is I we don't recommend that because it is expensive. They can run between four and six hundred dollars minimum, um, and they quite often will have the same result as ours. Um, and but a lot of people will think, oh, I got to go with the GPR because it's better, um, and that's not necessarily true because the device itself, uh, it, it can't read everything. Um, it's okay for concrete, um, but like it can't go over roots or stairs or a um, lot of areas it can't, it can't get any readings because it's, it's like a, a, a lawnmower and it, the guts of it kind of drop down onto the ground and you drag it around and you can't have any airspace. Um, so often, you know, the, the GPR um, will be, not useful in a, a lot of different areas okay so a homeowner has now discovered that they they have a tank um what's the process from there um like i'm assuming the tank may not be completely empty or maybe there's some uh thought that there may be some contamination so what's what's the process yeah i mean a lot of people um are you know tend to be kind of worried that it might have remediate, you know, need remediation might be contaminated. But um, honestly, I would say that only most of the tank scans that we do, um, do not do not find tanks. I'm, I mean, that's how we find most of the tanks that we remove is by tank scans. Uh, we do a lot of tank scans. Um, but most of the time when people have a tank, they know that they have a tank. And uh, so out of the people that, that where we do find tanks, uh, I find that only maybe one out of five of those, once we remove the tank, um, have leaked. Um, and so you're only looking at about a 20% chance of uh, having any contamination um, from your tank. So, so you, you get in there, uh, we we know that you've got we have a an oil tank in the ground, so you come with what, some machinery. You start digging around it. 
Um, yeah, we provide an estimate to the client um, before anything, course, yeah. um, outlining just all the steps that we would do, everything that's involved in all the costs. Um, it depends on the, every job is different. Uh, some will require machinery. Uh, some some don't. Um, some have to be done by hand. Uh, you know, if they're in a super difficult area um, that has no or little access, um, you know, is a job that has to be done by hand. So no excavation equipment will, you know, we won't bring any excavation equipment. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, we have many, many, many different sized machines that can handle any job, uh, no matter how large or how small um, we have a, a machine for it um, and or, or by hand. <laughs> yeah. so, um you get into like digging around all, all the soil and you know you put it aside or like is it kind of common practice to get some of that soil tested to make sure that the oil tank hasn't leaked or do you just inspect the tank once you have it out to to figure out if there's a, a suspicion that there's been a leak or something um it's it's very difficult to tell if you have contamination before your tank is removed so um, we always recommend just remove the tank, remove that source, you know, no matter what, um, we pump it out first, um, and then the tank's removed, uh, we put, uh, you know, a, a tarp poly down, um, to place the tank on top of and the overburdened, uh, material, uh, the soil that's on top of it. Um, and then we have a environmental consultant on site when we remove the tank to immediately collect soil samples, um if it, you know we get the odd person that doesn't want to remove the tank they just want to know if they have contamination um in in our experience um we you know we we don't have anybody that actually follows through with that they usually just remove the tank because the only way to really know if you have contamination without removing the tank is if there are signs such as um, you've got oil in your sump or you've got you can smell oil in your basement or, you know, you're doing some drain drain uh, drainage work and you can see the oil in your drain tile, um, you know, signs like that, you know, that you've got a problem. Um, and but short of that, you would have to do a sampling program, um, which requires boring down, uh, you know, to minimum the base of the, the depth of the tank. Um, and all around, and it's just hit and miss. You're not going to find a consultant that's going to actually sign off on anything like that. They need to be able to visually see, uh, you know, the everything because you know you can get a sample from here and it's clean and six inches over, it might not be. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's just to to me, it's just kind of a waste of time and money um, for anyone to go down that road. Might as well just remove the tank and then you know for sure. Yeah, so when um uh the we, we've we've dug around all of the soil, you you know, like you say, you put the overburden or medium or whatever on tarps and so on and so forth. I mean, these tanks are heavy. Like, do you how do you get them out? Like, do you cut them to get them out? Do you like get a bunch of guys in there and lift all out at one go? Like how, like it it depends too on the on the job. Like as I said, everyone's different. Sometimes you're in really confined spaces. Sometimes you got lots of room. Sometimes they just suck right in there. Uh, you know, like a suction. They can take hours sometimes to get out. Um, 
it, they, you know, or, or they can just pop right out. It's, you, you never know what you're going to get. Um, you don't want to ever have anybody, you know, like putting anybody at risk. Of course, we, we typically will use an excavator when at all possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we just have to work it, work it, work it until it, it loosens out and then we can pull it out. Um, either using the thumb of the excavator, you know, with the, with the bucket or, uh, you know, a chain and just lifting it straight out. Um, sometimes we do have to cut it up, um, to get it out and cause you know, some of them can be really difficult and they are quite large, you know, they are eight to nine feet, uh, long and three to four feet wide or deep. Um, and, uh, you know, and they're sharp, you have to cut the top off, um, while you're, while you're pumping it basically. And, uh, and in order to be able to clean the tank out, it, it needs to be purged of all vapors before the tank is removed from the ground um, to avoid any kind of contamination from any product that could be or that was in the tank. Um, and that those edges are really sharp. Um, yeah. it, you know, so you, you got to be really careful. There's a lot of people out there that think that, oh, we can do it ourselves. Um, and I highly do not suggest that, uh, <laughs> yeah. we've had lots of clients say, well, well, we'll try, you know, we've got the, the kids down the road that, you know, they can help. And they usually end up phoning us and saying, okay, come, come on, <laughs> come on in and do this. So um, what, what happens with the, the tank after you get it out? What, what do you guys do with it? So once the tank is out, as I said, we have the consultant there on site. They collect the soil samples um, with our assistance um, because they don't like to go down into the hole. It's not safe. Uh, it's a you know work, work safe BC uh, you know situation. So we'll use the bucket of the excavator usually to collect the samples where we're requested to, and then they will go through the bucket and collect their samples as as needed. What, what, what about the actual tank? What do you guys do with it after it's out? The tank itself, um, if you're in a jurisdiction that needs to have an inspection, it has to stay on site till the inspector comes, which could be anywhere from a day to a week. Um, And then once it's inspected, um, or if there's no inspection needed, um, we remove that tank and um, take it to be safely um, recycled or disposed of. Uh, As I said, it needs to be cleaned and purged of all vapors um, and decommissioned. Um, in order to transport it or have it received at a recycling facility. Okay, so uh, just in our last couple of minutes here, you were mentioning um, a couple of different professionals that would be involved in all of this. Who who else do we work with? I mean, you obviously you have the the consultant that does the soil sampling. You just mentioned that there's somebody has to come and inspect the tank. Who who else typically do you, is, is part of this process as far as like professionals or um, other we, governing bodies. This, yeah, so we, yeah, and, and so any governing body, any any jurisdiction, uh, you know, that requires inspections, um, usually from the fire department, uh, you know, fire prevention division, they will come out and they'll do the inspections. Um, we, of course, work with environmental consultants, uh, environmental professionals, um, and uh, every so often we work with uh, geotech um, engineers. Um, right. And, you know, if we're having to work under structures or foundations, um, anything like that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hire a, a, a geotech to come in that um, will give us uh, guidance um, and instruction. Um, 
you know, how they want it done. Um, Because then, of course, they are the ones who are signing off on that, you know, so um, make sure that, you know, all houses and structures are, are safe uh, when, when we're working with them. I mean, and do we, with any given uh, city that you work in, is this something that we need to pull a permit for? Uh, it depends on the jurisdiction. Uh, the North Shore, for instance, none of the like North City of North Van, District of North Van, and City of uh, West Vancouver, none of them require permits anymore. Um, they have kind of gone in and out of that, and uh, at, at the moment, they none of them require. Um, permits city of vancouver definitely um the uh you know ju- other jurisdictions burnaby surrey new westminster uh you know at their maple ridge uh you know their most jurisdictions do need permits um but you know they're they're all different uh they all require different information um and uh, and as I said, they they do kind of come and go, and they're always always changing, always evolving. Right. Um, so, what do we? What can we expect to spend? Like, just a. I, I know it's like it's like how much is this renovation going to cost? Well, it depends on all these kind of factors, but you know, yeah. typically, you know, we know it's going to be a, a minimum of like this much money and sky's the limit we can go up upwards from there so yeah i get every, every client i have that calls about a tank scan asks me the same question if there's a tank found how much is it going to cost um i always tell them I, for an easy access tank um on average you're looking at between a thousand dollars and twelve hundred dollars for our end of things for tank techs end of things to actually remove the tank um there's costs additional to that as in the permit um every jurisdiction has a different cost for their permit so that just depends on where you live um the soil sampling and stuff on top of that right so yeah sampling the the consultant uh if there is any product in the tank that needs to be pumped out any liquid product um that's uh, usually additional because most of the time you don't know how much product is in the tank so like uh, sort of like a reasonable you know easy access straightforward thing you know if somebody had a budget of say like between three and five thousand dollars that would be reasonable to take care of very reasonable yeah yeah and that would be including if you have you know if it needs to be pumped out as well that is that i would say that's a very average cost between three to five thousand yeah yeah and then i mean obviously sky's the limit after that depending on how big tank is how much soil contamination there is and blah 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 yeah so what's, I, what, what's what's like the worst case nightmare situation that you've ever been involved with um, that, you know, is the big, hairy, scary thing that people fear the most? Um, yeah, well, that would probably be a commercial job that, that we did. Um, and it took up about, you know, the the space of about four residential lots. So I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to use that as an example. Um, but it, it's very, it's really difficult to, to make that call. Uh, I mean, I think every company out there has got, uh, you know, a, a job or two or a few that they've done. They are few and far between when they, like, as they get bigger, um, what I can, you know, what, what I can say confidently 
it, from our experience is that most of the jobs, and I would say probably 90 to 95% of our jobs clean up within the first five metric tons. Um, we are finding as the years go on that they are they are they they seem to be starting to get just a little bit bigger. So you know they might be they might be ten tons. Um, the longer that they're in the ground, the more chance they have of leaking, and the more chance they have of of migrating. So when people are are afraid to move, remove their tank because they're afraid it's going to be contaminated, I always say to people the sooner you get it, remove it, the the better, the more chance you're going to have of it being less expensive. We had a client not long ago who they, they just didn't want to remove their tank. Um, they were afraid of what they were going to find. And so I think it was like five years or eight years later, they called us and said, okay, we want to remove the tank. So we removed the tank. Lo and behold, it had leaked. Um, and I think we took out about 30, 30 or 50 tons. I can't remember from my recollection, but around there, um, you know, so that's definitely, you know, more than average. Um, but as you know, and they, of course, were, we're not happy, but you know, it's that that's a mother nature kind of a thing. It's not really, it's completely beyond our control, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, it, it's never going to get any cheaper. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, it's not, the, it's not the contractor's fault. It's, you know, but I explained to him, if we had removed the tank, you know, eight years ago, when we first gave you the estimate, um, that tank might not have leaked. It might've just been the cost of pumping it and removing it. And that's it. Yeah. Um, and, but they left it and left it and left it. And then lo and behold, you know, this had happened and it, it really depends on the stratigraphy of your property too. So if you have say a really sandy property and your tank starts to leak, it's going to migrate quicker. Um, and, you know, so, it, you know, it, it, to me, it is really important for people just, you know, just get the tank out of the ground. That's the source, get rid of it. Um, you know, and each year that goes along, of course, to costs become higher. So, you know, if you have a tank that's leaked and it's, and it's migrating each year, it's just going to get more expensive because it's going to affect more soil as well, or, you know, or your chances are just higher that it will have leaked. Um, and then the cost to remediate it become higher. So of course, right now with the cost of fuel, everybody has to use fuel every, you know, from the contractor all the way down the line, you know, right to the excavators, the you know, machinery in the waste management facilities that they use. So, you know, disposal costs go up and so on and so forth. Um, so where, know, where, where does the, the, the contaminated soil go? Like once you remove it, it go it goes to a waste management facility. Um, there there are uh, several of them around the lower mainland. Um, it's it's uh, there's one particular uh, um, waste management facility that accepts all types of soil because each. It, you know, each property can be different. It depends on what the analysis uh, tells us of what it's contaminated with and how the concentration of contamination. Um, and depending on that depends on the uh, the facility that you can take it to that can accept it. Right. Um, some can only take very low um, concentrations and, you know, the one in particular 
can take very high concentrations. And sometimes it actually has to be transported to Alberta um, if it's uh, hazardous waste uh, you know, concentration. So that doesn't happen often at all. And is there, I mean, once they, this facility has this contaminated soil, do you happen to know what they do with it? Can they? They, so they. Right through a process that spits it out as like, like black gold again for your garden yeah. or is it like, it's just, it's. It, it, it's typically uh, bio bioremediated. Okay. So yeah, they 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 have their their different techniques, um, but typically it's bioremediated um, at the facility, or they transfer it to a facility that does do the bioremediation. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But back to the cost you had asked me that I didn't really finish there. Um, the and I always try to tell my clients ahead of time, because of course it's impossible to be able to know if your tank has leaked, how much it's going to be. And people really, you know, they want to know, but it's impossible to tell. There oh, yeah. is that industry that unfortunately nobody can tell ahead of time uh, until you get into it and you just, you, you go until you go. I always explain to people that we're like a, a skin, skin cancer surgeon, you, you know where you start, you know, you've got your biopsy where, you know, it's, you know, got bad cells and just like, a, you know, the, the basin, the tank nest, and you work your way out each wall, northwest, southeast and the base, and you go until it looks good. And then you'd get samples um, or my more biopsies um, to make sure that you're clean before you stop. Yeah. Um, so that's technically what we do, but with dirt. And um, so, you know, the average costs, uh, I, you know, I tell people the average cost for a tank removal, including the remediation, taxes, consultants, pumping, you, you know, absolutely everything included is typically $10,000. That is, I would say, like as ninety to ninety-five percent of the invoices that I that I give to my clients that have had a leaking tank, um, it you know sits approximately ten thousand. It can be as low as in the sevens, um, depending on you know if you say didn't really have much pumping to do, right. um, you know, or you know it could be a little bit higher, but that's that's the average. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's. I you know, we've got kind of like the lower end and we've got kind of like the, a little towards the, the scarier side of. Like yeah. The, and it can go up from there for and, sure. Yeah, and you of know, course, like, depending on like how many tons of, of contaminated soil you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there have been people who've, you know, had 800. I know I, from my recollection, there was a, uh, one job we took 800 tons out, you know, it's a, it's a lot of material. Is there any yard left? <laughs> uh, yeah, believe it or not, yeah. It sometimes that that the whole, and of course it depends on you know the type of material that it is as well, right? So so many different types uh, of so, soil, so rocky, how saturated it is, right? It could yeah. be heavier, and so what um, what happens? The holes look small, but there's a lot that come out of it. But the, the weight is is deceiving. Yeah, yeah. So what what happens if like the soil contamination goes into your, a neighbor's yard or as you, you the property owner you're responsible for remediating the neighbor's you, yard as well if it's your yeah. tank is the issue yeah yes you are you are responsible for that legally you're responsible for any contamination on just anybody's property right. um 
so you know if it, you get within i believe it's one meter of the property line and if it still uh, indicates that it's um, dirty the consultant will take a soil sample and when they have proof that it is uh, above allowable limits they have responsibility to notify the neighbor um and you know then usually you will just ask the neighbor your permission to be able to dig on their property and clean it up so right. that's that's usually what you do we've never really run into anyone before who's refused to <laughs> yeah. you know clean up their neighbor's property uh, <laughs> like I, why would you right right um, <laughs> so I, I mean we've covered a fair bit of of ground here today haha -ha. um <laughs> is there anything else that you that you feel we haven't covered that you'd want to talk about and share with some listeners here um oh i could go on forever <laughs> forever and ever and ever i talk tanks all day long to people um so i really think one of the questions that you had asked uh before was um what was the what was the most difficult yeah. job that we had done um and i asked my husband i said you know just quickly while you think you know what's what's the most difficult job that you did and he said oh he goes that apartment over town in the the west end he had to remove a tank from their below their laundry room so he was deeper than two, i think two or three stories down Ooh. um and they're like you had to do everything by hand uh everybody and and it was contaminated highly contaminated we took out hazardous waste and a lot of it and everything had to be done in like taken out in buckets That's up so the stairs and yeah down a hallway and outside to we had to have permits to have bins out on the street i mean it was a, a what, night what, what it was of, absolutely what kind of um ppe are the crew Oh yeah, yeah, trying to do that, and you're wearing because you're in a confined space, yeah. so you're wearing, you know, you're wearing all of your, you know, masks and, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. It's not pretty. It's not it. it you, we get our staff. The, those are the type of jobs that they just say bye. <laughs> they and they quit. They they won't have anything to do with it. So we don't look forward to jobs like that. Um, and of course they end up being very costly, mostly because just trying to find someone to be able to do them. Right. Well, so it's, it's, you know, labor, like hands it, and, and walking in buckets and yeah, it, it is hard conditions and it's hard, hard labor. Like, it is hard, hard labor. It is both, you know, I can't really think of anything, you know, tougher. I mean, we've had, we've had our guys go in to crawl spaces, a two foot crawl space. They had to shimmy in on their back and then dig down to remove a, a tank that was in their crawl space. I mean, it was, it was just, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff. We've tunneled in under homes, under living rooms to remove tanks under people's dens, bedrooms. Um, it, I can't tell you how many crawl spaces we, you know, we've removed tanks out of it, it's been, um, there are some really difficult jobs. I think that we'd be hard pressed to, to uh, actually say which one was the most difficult. Um, we've removed it sounds like that. tanks with covered in asbestos, you know, so all of a sudden you're like, like remediation of that for, yeah. 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 
yeah, it's you know, okay. so, yeah, it sounds like that just like that. Sounds like that confined space type of uh situation is probably one of the most challenging to um you know address. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the lesson here never, they never put the tanks on they never placed tank. This is an important thing as most people or a lot of people would like to know, but most they never installed tanks under this the original footprint of the hole. But there are many people out there who have built over. garages and additions over top of their tanks. Yeah, that, um, that's a that's a that's a good piece of information to know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I the, the lesson here, people, is just get your tank out. If you know you have one, get it out early, get it out now. It's not going to get any cheaper to remove. And um, yeah, it's not going to go away on its own. It definitely never does. No. So I always like to ask uh, in closing um, a couple Well, one one fun question for sure. I always like to ask, are you uh, a handy person? And if so, what tool do you like the most? And if you're not, what do you think would be the most fun to use? The excavator. <laughs> Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, I think, I mean, is in our business, that would be the best tool to use. I would, I would definitely not say a shovel. <laughs> definitely an, ex an excavator. If you call that a tool. It, well, it is really. Yeah, it's, a, it's our it's most a, useful it's tool. A piece of, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I had a had an opportunity to play in one um a few years ago and it's definitely pretty fun <laughs> I, I every once in a while my husband lets me hop into the excavator and, and play around with it so it, it is fun I can see why uh why they like it yeah but I I sure wouldn't want to do the jobs when they don't get to use the excavator not not fun <laughs> yeah all right well Thanks for talking with me today, Laura. I, I, I really appreciate your time and all the information that you shared. And, and for those who are listening, I hope you found value in what you heard today. Uh, be sure to check out our previous episodes and tune in for more of the up upcoming ones as well. And if you've got an idea or a guest for the show, please reach out to us. And um, I'll leave it there for today. Thanks again, Laura. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.